0: What's up, guys? It's Coach Theo. Thanks for tuning in. This is part one of our Christmas cast series. I'm excited for the whole month of December to tell the Christmas story in a different type of way. And and basically, in in the spring, I shared the resurrection story through the eyes of Jesus' brother, James. And it really seemed to make Scripture come to life really hit people. So I thought, let's do it again for Christmas. My friend also sent me an awesome program titled 12 Voices of Christmas by Back to the Bible. So that really inspired me too to do this. This is a completely new rendition of this concept. I wrote it for our ministry. All stories are 100% biblically based with scripture to back up all the details. Before we jump in, one more thing to note. The mic doesn't always pick up everything the same when we record live so for example the background music that was played during the message is going to be sort of faint if you don't turn the volume up however you're still getting the message and that's what matters so you're going to hear first person perspective today from gabriel the angel zacharias and elizabeth all right god bless you guys enjoy Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to FMU Church. Today, we celebrate our Savior's birth. Many people were favored and chosen by God during this great time in history, from angels to older couples, to the wise men and shepherds, to the Virgin Mother of Jesus. Have you ever wondered what it would be like to hear their own personal accounts of the Christmas story? Well, sit back relax, and enjoy the voices of the Christmas Cast. Have you ever seen an angel? Could you imagine one of God's top four suddenly showing up to you? What would your face look like? Let's hear from the angel of annunciation who communicated God's most important announcement to humans and witnessed their reactions my name is Gabriel and I'm an angel and I'm an angel who showed up multiple times in the Bible each time I showed up I brought a message after all did you know that angel means messenger I'm a messenger who conveys a word or a message to the people of God. I showed up to Daniel in swift flight about 530 BC. I helped him interpret the visions we had been given and conveyed the hope and additional prophecy of the coming of Jesus Christ in the future. About 600 years later, I also showed up to three significant people just prior to the first Christmas. The birth of the Messiah was coming and I had to deliver the important message of God's favor to 3 special individuals. That they were chosen to deliver two different important Holy Spirit filled babies. After all, I knew because I stood in the presence of God. Not just anyone can do that, you know. In fact, his overpowering power and glory would frighten even the best of, us. of course, when I stood in the presence of humans, I frightened them too. We angels at first do that. In fact, I had to take a hold of Daniel and raise him back to his feet when he fell flat on his face, unconscious, when I stood next to him. We became trained to greet people with more comfort and cheer and start with the phrase, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid, Zacharias. Don't be afraid, Mary. Don't be afraid, Joseph. Three members of the Christmas cast, meetings within just months of each other. I was sent to Zacharias first, not quite a year before that first Christmas. Both he and his wife Elizabeth were advanced in their years. I disclosed to Zach the role they would play in soon having a baby, but not just any baby, I scared Zach when I appeared to him in the temple. He was a priest appointed by the high priest, taking his turn in the daily service to burn incense on the altar. The crowd of people outside prayed during the hour when the incense was burned. I alarmed him when I stood to the right of the altar where the incense was burned. Don't be afraid, Zacharias. God has heard your prayer, and your wife Elizabeth will bear a son. You are to name him John. I told him how happy he and many others will be, that their baby John will be great in the Lord's sight, that he will bring back many of the people to Israel back to the Lord, their God, that he was the forerunner to Jesus, going ahead of him, strong and mighty like the prophet Elijah. He will bring fathers and children together again, he will turn disobedient people back to the way of thinking of the righteous. He will get the Lord's people ready for him. Hmm. For some reason, Zacharias had a hard time believing this. So I made him mute. What? Disbelief in the holy place? Disbelief at the altar of incense? Disbelief in the very dwelling place of God? Don't worry. His inability to speak was just temporary. I told him, you will remain silent until the day my promise to you comes true." I didn't have to do that with Mary, though. She was less afraid and quicker to grasp. I visited her next in the village of Nazareth, on the southern edge of Galilee, a small town, a town that would make one ask, can anything good come from this sleepy little town? She was young, early teens, a virgin. I knew the news would startle her, so I started off Differently, I said, Peace be with you. But still, she was deeply troubled. So then I added my popular greeting Don't be afraid, Mary. God has been gracious to you. You will become pregnant and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. Silence. Can you blame her? How was this going to happen? She wondered. I did my best to explain. I told her the Holy Spirit would come upon her. I reminded her that her barren cousin Elizabeth, at an old age, was already in her sixth month of pregnancy, and there's nothing that God can't do. Mary humbly and quickly submitted, may it happen to me, as you have said, and so I left her. My second mission was accomplished, but I still had one more. Some months had passed, and some small-town gossip had filled Nazareth. A virgin girl being pregnant made this scandalous headline news. And if you don't know, Mary had a fiancé named Joseph. What did he have to say about this? He was my third mission. I discovered he wanted to break off the engagement privately. So I tried a different tactic this time and visited him in a dream. I said, do not be afraid. I assured him Mary had not been unfaithful. And that it was the Holy Spirit that helped her conceive. And I said, she will have a son and you will name him Jesus because he will save people from their sins. Joseph was to play a special part in making come true what the prophet Isaiah said centuries before. Behold, a virgin will become pregnant, have a son, and he will be called Emmanuel, which means God is with us. He woke up, married Mary and did what I had said. Joseph endured a lot of gossip and slander, but it was nothing compared to leading a life filled with lasting joy from playing the role he was given in the salvation story of taking the world from barren to hope. Imagine being old. Not just old, but really old then feeling pranked by an angel when he told you that you're going to be a father. Is this real? Are you losing your mind? Well, because of your doubt, he makes you lose your voice. Let's hear from the old priest who knows what that's like. So my name is Zacharias. No, I'm not the prophet from the Old Testament, who prophesied in the days of Haggai and who wrote the book of Zechariah. Nor am I the wicked king, Zechariah, written about in the book of 2 Kings. And no, I'm not the little guy who climbed the tree to see Jesus. That's Zacchaeus. There's a few of us Zacks, and to make matters more confusing, some alternate translations refer to us as Zechariah. But either works. I am a priest. I'm actually the first person mentioned in connection with the Christmas story. Do you know me? Probably not, because the magi and shepherds took my spotlight in the nativity scene. (laughs) What? I'm not jealous. Gabriel visited me, after all. Of course I was scared. Wouldn't you be? Angels aren't pleasantly white with ginormous wings. Often they look like big men. I was in the temple by myself. Who pops out at someone like that? I could have burned the whole temple down. I'll tell you one thing, never talk back to an angel. He took my voice away. I was mute. My wife loved it, but I couldn't tell her or anyone the good news I had just heard. Gabriel told me that my wife Elizabeth would become pregnant with a son, and we were to name him John. He would be a Nazarite. That's one who doesn't drink wine, or eat grapes, or cut their hair, or touch anything dead. And then Gabriel disappeared. I left the temple. The crowd of worshipers were still outside waiting for me, but I couldn't say a word. I made signs and gestures to explain Frustratingly, I moved on when my time of service had ended. I walked through the door at home, and Elizabeth excitedly awaited all the news from my role at the altar. After all these years of disappointment from not being able to have a baby, and yet I couldn't tell her, at least not easily. Finally, she figured it out. She conceived. We hid for a few, five long months actually, She didn't go out in public. And five long months in the house while she's talking, I can't say a word. She thought I wasn't excited about being a dad. Oh, now all of a sudden, she wants to hear my voice. In the sixth month, her cousin Mary visited our home with even more exciting stuff. And our baby leapt in the womb. I'll let my wife fill you in on those details shortly. I want to fast forward and let you hear in my words. What happened eight days after our baby John was born? As part of tradition, he was circumcised, and now it was time to name him. Neighbors and relatives surrounded and wanted to call him Zacharias. But Liz said, no, it's John. And confused, they looked at me. So I took out my tablet, not an iPad. And It's a piece of wood, and I wrote, his name is John. And all of a sudden, filled with the Holy Spirit, my voice came back, and I went from disbelief and silence to prophesying and singing praises. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people in the forgiveness of their sins, because of the tender mercy of our God, giving light to those who sit in darkness and guiding our feet into the way of peace, taking all of us from barren to hope. Prayers, prayers, and more prayers. Imagine being righteous before God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and statutes of the Lord, yet your prayers are still not answered. Then finally, at the end of your life, more than you can ever imagine happens. Let's hear from the patient wife who brought to life the preparer of the way. So my name is Elizabeth. No, don't mind my deep voice. I'm old in age. Barren, lacking life, devoid, unable to produce. In my case it means you can't have kids. Think of Sarah and Abraham, Samson's mom, Mary. It's a description you do not want to have as a mother. I often thought of Hannah. Her rival Penina shamed her for years and that's what I felt after decades of trying and praying. But God eventually heard her prayers and gave her Samuel So why had God heard hers, but not mine? My husband was a good man, a priest. It was a blessing of obedience to have children. That's what ached Zacharias. If a man in Israel had no children, how could he testify to the faithfulness of God to all generations? Didn't Jehovah promise our people that there would be no male or female barren? among us so if we are not blessed then are we cursed I wondered don't take me the wrong way I'm human and my demeanor swiftly changed when my husband was visited by someone who was not the angel Gabriel appeared to him to give him a message after scaring him half to death and our Lord's our life's purpose drastically changed our son would come in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of just and to make ready for the Lord a people prepared all babies are special but how special was ours an advanced in their years couple who would have never known now going down in history of holy scriptures yes we still get overlooked we're not typically talked about like those magi and shepherds but that's okay because our purpose and our son John's was to point people To who? The Messiah. And that's why my bouncing baby is known as the Forerunner. John. Of course, Zach couldn't tell me that. He couldn't speak. So after writing it down on wood, I began to marvel at the promise. For several months, we stayed secluded. You know how people are. Zach couldn't talk. I was pregnant. Could you imagine what they were saying about a pregnant granny with a grumpy looking hubby? Oh, how often we would sit back after dinner and just laugh to ourselves after all those years. Who would have thought? Our joyful hope expounded when my cousin Mary visited. She was pressed to visit. Doubtful how we would receive her. How happy I was that I could validate for her what the angel Gabriel had also told her. What a moment when she entered. My son, full of the Holy Spirit, kicked inside the womb. The realization hit. What good is it to bear a forerunner unless another bears the Savior? And then myself, filled with the Holy Spirit, exclaimed with a loud cry, blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. We embraced. Old Zach sat over there with his silent self, just clapping and smiling away. Mary stayed with us for about three months. I began going about in public again. I bore my son, and the celebratory moment came at his circumcision. Never did I love hearing my husband's voice so much. The whole crowd heard him. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people and has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. It was now real. I delivered the preparer, and Mary would soon deliver the Redeemer from barren to hope, not just for me, but for all of humanity. All right, you guys, you just heard from Gabriel, Zacharias, and Elizabeth about how God used them to get people prepared for the greatest gift in history. And the focus is hope. I know during the holiday season, sometimes it's hard to find that when difficult things are going on. And the more I get to know people, the more I realize how much stuff is going on in people's lives. I'm talking hurt. I'm talking loss. Tragedy. Pain. And it's not easy to rest in the hope that Jesus brings us. But my hope is that over the next few weeks while we're here, we can pause and celebrate and find that encouragement, that encouraging atmosphere to really focus on how amazing it is that Jesus came on this earth to save us. And the hope that he does provide and the opportunities when we need it most. He's always there. He's always on time. And I came across a story a few weeks ago about a lady named Stella Thornhope. Kind of crazy. Her last name is Thornhope. And she was older in her years. And she was married to her husband for decades. But he passed away right before the holiday season. And she lost hope. And she lost the desire to live. And she lost the desire to decorate and to celebrate. And then one day, in perfect timing, the mailman showed up with a gift. And he walked in, and he said, you need to open this right now. Something was moving in that box. And so she opened up the box, and a puppy jumped out. And she was like, who did this? And he said, it's all in this letter. Just read the letter. He's potty trained. He's house trained. He's all ready for you." And he was about to leave, but she insisted. Would you please just tell me who did this? And he said, Ma'am, it was your husband. Before he died, he made arrangements to get this puppy for you because he knew that you would be struggling right now. So he wrote a letter. He explained everything. Just read it. So the mailman left, and Stella read the letter, and her husband was just encouraging her. He said, I love you, and I can't wait till you're in heaven with me, but right now while you're on this earth, don't lose hope. Keep finding the joy. And she was looking out the window, and as she finished the letter, the song Joy to the World came on the radio, and she just laughed to herself how not only did the mailman show up right on time, not only did her husband show up with this gift right up on time, but it was God who showed up right on time when she needed him most. And so she looked at the puppy, she's like, let's go get some decorations. We're a few days away from Christmas, but it's still, she came up from the basement, decorated, praised the Lord, and found hope again. Amen. <clears throat> so let's celebrate with a song, Joy to the World, then let's give you an opportunity. <clears throat> if you need prayer for some hope this holiday season, we want to make sure you ask for it so let's sing come to our feet and then we'll pray